Good morning. I've been given um, Hebrews chapter 5 to look at. And uh, the title that I've been given uh, in conjunction with that is uh, A Greater Son. So most of my thoughts this morning will be on the word greatness or the greater son. Um, On the screen... We can see um, Hebrews chapter 5. And I'll just read it out and you you, you follow me while it's on the screen. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he's able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honour. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ didn't honour himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God, de- and God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. There's much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially as, uh, since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. That's a bit offensive, isn't it? You know, especially as you are spiritual, spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. This is hard stuff, this is. Uh, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognise the difference between right and wrong. I'll have a go. I'll have a go. Um, I've been given the title of a greater son. Let's, Let's just have a look at that first and see how and where it leads us. Right. On September the 5th, in 1960, that's 60 odd, nearly 60 years ago, in the, in the Rome Olympic Games, there was a young American light heavyweight boxer who won a gold medal and who began to make a name for himself. Anybody? Cassius Clay. He was born Cassius Marcellus Clay, uh, later to become Muhammad Ali. And he was one of my heroes. Yeah, I I loved the guy. Loved him, loved him. 
But we know, we know, looking at uh, Muhammad Ali's life and the career, the boxing career that he went through, that he was great. But we also know another thing about Muhammad Ali. He knew he was great, didn't he? Yeah, he knew he was great. And I, 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 I picked up some quotes the other day that Muhammad Ali himself um, said about himself. He said, I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. <laughs> and he said, I'm not the greatest. I'm the double greatest. I, I really did love that man. And this, this, is, this is another one that I picked up. And he said this. It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. Isn't <laughs> that brilliant? It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. And I, I, I could, I, there, there, were, there was a lot, lot more that I should like to share with you. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll stick with those. It's hard to be humble when you're as great as, as I am. This is one that he said, which is a little bit more um, serious because he was an activist in his life. He was a philanthropist in his life and he, and he fought for human rights. He was, he was, he was, because of his position, his privileged position, he was, he, was, he was a good speaker. He was asked to speak at events. And he said this, live every day as if it were your last because someday you're going to be right. Yeah? Live every day as if it was your last because someday you'll be right about that. And on June the 3rd, 2016, at the age of 74, Muhammad Ali was right about that statement because he moved from this world and in doing so, he gave up the greatness that he had. I'll say this with the greatest of respect and love for the man. Um, he moved from this world into another greatness. Into the greatness of God. He saw that day a different kind or the alternative greatness. So, we're thinking about, we're thinking about greatness this morning and uh, if you can stick the next slide up please, uh, Carol. Yeah, the, ne the next slide is that Jesus chose the alternative greatness. Muhammad Ali chose one greatness. Jesus chose the alternative one. Even though Jesus, this is, this is what it says in Hebrews, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Let's just think a little bit more about the kind of greatness that Muhammad Ali went for, just for a moment, and then, and then we'll swap over and think of the other kind of greatness. There's a saying in uh, Twelfth Night, some are born great, some achieve greatness, some have greatness thrust upon them. Yeah. Uh, Thinking about this, there are, I think there are th two ways to think about what, what greatness means. 
and one is the way of the hero and the other is the way of the saint two different kinds of greatness one is the way of the hero and one is the way of the saint did a little bit of digging and found that in the Greek Roman world where Jesus lived what was admired more than anything else was a great hero that was what it was like in Jesus time in the Greek Roman time what was admired more than anything else was a great hero those heroes were ones who overcame great obstacles to achieve their full potential of excellence and therefore receive status, honour and recognition. That is one way that the world looks at greatness. Full potential of excellence, receiving status, honour and recognition. That's the way the world looks at greatness. You can't escape that. You know, if, if you make it in this world, you are considered great. If Wolverhampton Wanderers get to the final, they will be the greatest team in the Midlands. You, you, you know, but that's, that's, that's the way the world works. That's the way. Anyway, um, you see, identity is achieved or by climbing the ladder or greatness is achieved by climbing the ladder. Descent is unacceptable. That, that, that's how it was in the Roman world. And that's carried on 2,000 years right to today. Descent is greatness. Uh, ascent is greatness. Descent is unacceptable. We, we can't live with that. We can't live with that. And in this world, in Jesus' world, in the Roman Greek world, and in this world today, uh, humility was laughed at humility was laughed at greatness was acceptable humility didn't you know stand a chance didn't stand a chance that's the world's view of greatness there's another view of greatness which I've called the alternative greatness and that's the greatness that Jesus chose or that's the path that Jesus chose to walk. Scripture said that it was a stumbling block to the Jew and foolishness to the Gentile. They, you know, it was, it was a load of, load of rubbish. They, they just couldn't understand the way that Jesus went. It was just foolishness. One thing that I'd like to say is this, that Jesus didn't look for or even consider greatness. He, what Jesus did, he didn't do it for reward like that. He didn't look and say, I'm going to do this for mankind because it will make me great. He didn't do that. He didn't do anything for greatness. He did it for his father. And he did it for you and me. Yeah? Yeah. So, just let me share with you just a few things that made Jesus great. Do you remember reading through the scriptures and seeing 
something about when Jesus was a little lad and he went missing. Yeah, his mum and dad got worried and they couldn't find him. And they found him in the temple. And they said, what are you doing here? And what did he say? I must be about my father's business. That was the start of his greatness. I must be about my father's business. And then there was a time when he was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and he went out into the wilderness and he was tempted by the enemy. And the enemy took him to the top of a high mountain and he said to Jesus, you see all these kingdoms in front of you right now? These can be yours if you bow down before me. He was offering... Satan was greatness to Jesus, but he was offering, offering worldly greatness. And Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, he quoted scripture to him, and he, he didn't want that kind of greatness. You see how greatness is different in, in, in God's eyes. It's not like the world's. This is God's view of greatness. This is the alternative greatness. And this is the proper, true greatness. He was in the garden just before he was crucified. And he was sweating blood. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from things he suffered. It says in 5.8, 5, he was in the garden and he was sweating and and he, and, and he was he, he was going through agonies and he said if it's possible father he said dad dad he says oh, I don't want to do this I, I know what's before me in a few hours time I just do not want to do this. you know you, I, I can see him saying this and pleading with his father saying dad I just do not want to do it but he said nevertheless it's not my will that counts. It's your will that counts. That's greatness. Bowing down to somebody else's will, knowing that their will is, is, is better. That is true greatness. That's true greatness. And again, in another scripture it says, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Got a book at home by a guy named Max Lucado, and the title is He Chose the Nails. He Chose the Nails. And I believe that, that was a greater path to walk than anything else anybody's ever done in this life in this world that was the path that Jesus chose to walk and he didn't look for greatness but because he walked it he became great do you get that? do you, do you believe that? I mean, whoa you know, the, 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 it, that's, it's powerful stuff powerful, powerful stuff Jesus chose the alternative greatness you know we have to ask the question ourselves, don't we? What kind of greatness in life 
am I looking for? Am I looking for the greatness that the world offers or am I looking for the greatness of a servant? Yeah? Jesus was the greatest son because of the path to greatness that he chose. He chose the alternative greatness. So, that's the first point. The second point is that after he chose the alternative greatness, he was given an indisputable priesthood. Yeah, that's come up, right. He was given an indis- indisputable priesthood. Indisputable, you can't argue. It's, it's unarguable. You, 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 you might try and do it in earthly terms, but you stand face to face before God. It's indisputable. Indisputable, it's un- you can't argue it. No one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honour. He must be called by God for this work. Just excuse me. So he must be called by God for this particular work. And because of all the stuff that Jesus did in the previous point that I spoke about, now God honoured him, honoured him, and he made him a high priest. Now, a priest, um, if, if, if you read the first lines of Hebrews 5, it says, every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people. That's, that's what a priest does. A, a, a priest represents other people. A priest is someone who puts a person before God. But that's only half of it. Because a priest is someone who puts God before men too. He, he does both. Yeah? A priest shows God people and a priest shows people God. It's, it's, a, it's a two-way thing. And that's the importance of, 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 of what a priest really, really does. And Jesus was therefore given a priesthood and we, and we, and we can see why because he, f- he chose the alternative greatness and, and this priesthood that Jesus was given was far higher than the Levitical priesthood that we read about in the Bible it's, it's, it, because he it, it, it mentions a man or, or a priest or a royal priest called Melchizedek now I don't know much about and I don't think many people know much about him because he isn't mentioned much in the Bible. But he's mentioned in the Old Testament uh, round about Abraham's time. And Melchizedek was a, a, a priest who came and he blessed Abraham. But there was something different about this priest, this Melchizedek, because he wasn't just a priest, he was a king as well. And he, he was the only one. He, he, he was a, uh, the, the royal order. He, he, was, he was a one-off, was Melchizedek. And he was a king and he was a priest too, which is something higher than the Levitical priesthood, you know, than the, the priesthood of Aaron. So Jesus was given a royal priesthood, not just an ordinary priesthood. He was given a royal priesthood The same as Melchizedek. Because of all 
that he did, that, that, that greatness that he uh, achieved. So God rewarded him. Remember, Jesus wasn't looking for it. It's just that God his Father gave it to him. But it doesn't finish there. It doesn't finish there. Because, you know, uh, a, a, a priest is someone who puts God before man and man before God. It, and I'm looking around in this building today and every single one of us here today, we're all priests. Yeah? And I can prove that from the Bible. Not, not through words that I'm saying, but the Bible says this. From 1 Peter 2, 9. The Bible says this. You are a chosen people. Everybody. Nobody's left out here. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests. They are. After Melchizedek. You are... Just, just have a look at yourself. You know, I am a royal priest. You know, you think... I don't deserve that. You, know, you, you give me that title and I don't deserve it. It's something that I was never looking for. But Peter says this. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Yeah? For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So it just doesn't finish there. You and me, as a community of believers, we are of the same order of Jesus. And we don't take that lightly, but it's true. We are all royal priests. We can show people who God is, and we can show God who people are. We can, we can stand in that gap for people who are not able to. Does, does that make sense? Okay, so Jesus chose the alternative greatness. He was given an indisputable priesthood. And lastly, should be coming up, he offers an incalculable, incalculable possession, potential. Let's got it right that time. Yeah, he offers an incalculable potential. I looked up that word in the dictionary, incalculable, and it's something that you can't work out. It's impossible to... Calculate. Yeah? So God gives you and me, we are placed in that order of potential, if you like. We, 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 are, we have got that much potential that we can't calculate it. That, that, now, that, that might sound a little bit, um, you know, way out there, but, but it's true. But it's, when, I, when I came in today, when I came in today, I had a look on the wall outside, and there was the, and it says outside in the foyer, we can achieve so much more than we think we can. Have a look at it later when you go outside. We can achieve, we can achieve so much more than we think we can, and and you know it says limitless potential, yeah. So, so God offers. To you and me, a limitless or incalculable potential. 
You don't know what you can do in God's eyes. You don't know what great things you can do in God's presence. You don't know. But you can only experiment and try. Can't you? You know, if you get it wrong, so what? You get it wrong, but you can have another go. That, that, that's, that's, that's how faith works. That's how it, how it works. Um, can I give you another quote by Muhammad Ali? Yeah. It says, A man who views the world the same at 50 as he did at 20 has, wa- has wasted 30 years of his life. I'll tell you again. A man who views the world the same at 50 as he did at 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. You know what potential is? Potential is moving on. That, that life is moving on. It's, you know, how was I when I was 30? How am I now that I'm 25? You know, in, in, but you have to look at yourself. Has, has God done anything in my life from when I became a Christian, when I was 25 years old, to now, now I'm 70, right? Has God done anything in my life on, the, on, that, on that journey that I've been on? It's called being the best person that I can possibly be. And that's all that God wants. God wants to bring out the potential in you and me. And that's why the writer says at the end, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know what to do, what is right. Solid food, it says, is for those who are mature, who want to grow up. And I'm asking you this morning, do you know, do you want to grow up? As a, in, in, into the Christian life. I'm not just asking that. God is saying that to you this morning. He's saying, do you want to grow up into the Christian life? When I was a young lad, I used to be part of a, part of a running club when I was you know, in, my, in my teens, up to 20s. I used to run for a club called Tiptonarius. And... Uh, I believe um, the, the, the guy who used to come here, Keith, Keith Good. You, you know Keith Good? I, I met Keith Good way back then when we were about 15 or 16 years old. And um, we used to run for this club, Tipton Harriers. And after a bit of training, I, I found out that I'd, I'd got a fair amount of ability as a, as a distance runner and, and cross-country runner. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too bad. I was, I was okay. And, and I was in a a fairly decent team of, of guys, we, and we, we did okay. But I got one mate, Dave, Dave Jones, and he was one of my best mates at the time, and we schooled together, and we joined Tipton Harriers together. And Dave Jones had got more potential in his little finger than I had in the whole of my body. But you know something, you know what I'm going to say, though? you know what I'm going to say? He threw that potential up the ball. He just didn't realise how good he could have been. He didn't, all of us around him knew what was out there if he was to, you know, push on a bit, but he just wasn't bothered. 
He just wasn't bothered. He, he, he was okay with just taking the milk and not doing the, the hard stuff. That was Dave. And, and you know, it, it really annoyed me at times because I thought, here's me training hard to, to, get, to get so, so far. And, 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 he, and he didn't need to do that much. And yet he was, he was so brilliant. He, he could have gone all the way, but he wasted his potential. You know what I'm saying, don't you? You know, if you've got potential, if I've got potential to do stuff, why, for goodness sake, do we waste potential? Why? Why? And God says we've got that much. There's so much there for you and me. Imagine going to a feast, seeing all there is on offer, but only staying on the first table where there's only milk. Eh? Imagine that. And there's some nice steaks down there that are, you know, really tempting. But I think I'll stop, stay on the milk. And, and, and that, that, that's, we, we can do that. We can do that as Christians. And we think, I'm okay as I am. I think I'll stay here. I, 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 I'm, I, I've, had, I've had so much to eat. Or I'll be, God, you've fed me so much. That's great. But that's it now. God is saying, there's more. There's more, there's more. I've got a book at home by a guy named Parker Palmer. And um, he, the, 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 uh, the title of the book is called On the Brink of Everything. On the Brink of Everything. How would it be if we just stood on the brink of everything that God has got before us and said, that looks really good, that does. But I'm staying where I am. I don't know. Nearly finished. Nearly finished. I'm going to share with you a, a little uh, thing from uh, that I've, I've shared at, at the house group that I go to, and that, that, that they'll be they'll be fed up with this because I keep on, um, you know sharing this time and time and time again. But th- this little, well, th- th- this s- says a lot to me, says a lot to me. And it's from the story, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. We all know it. If, if you don't know it, read it. C.S. Lewis, Christian, full of lo- lovely thoughts, this book. And there's, there's, there's one part that, that, that keeps coming back to me. And it's, it's where the... That the Pevensey children uh, go into Narnia for all together. That would be the third time because once and twice previously they went in individually. But the, f- the third time the Pevensey children actually went through the wardrobe and ended up in Narnia together. And they were looking around. There was this light uh, lamp, lamp post and then there was this bird and it started to f- fly about and one of the girls I think it was Susan she, she said "Oh, Susan or Lucy she said I think that bird wants us to follow so they followed this bird away from the edge and moving a little bit further in you see until they got to this thicket and then there was something moving in the bushes 
turned out to be a talking beaver. Right? And this beaver was doing this. And it was whispering. And it was saying to the, the children, further in, come further in. Come further in. And so they went from the edge and they moved further in. And that is where their adventures began. Because they listened and obeyed and they moved further in. And I believe that God is saying to you and to me all of the time, not Sunday mornings, but he's saying to you and me all the time, further in. Come further, further in. Somebody wrote this. There's a deeper voice of God which you must hear and obey. It will sound an awful lot like the voice of risk, trust and surrender. But when you hear that voice that you have to trust, you hear that voice that you have to surrender to, when you hear that voice that wants you to obey it, and you do those things, you begin to move further in. That's a lovely picture, isn't it? Yeah? And God is saying that to us all today. Are you satisfied where you are? Okay, stay there. But I promise you, that's not your full potential. Your full potential will be realised when you begin to move further in, further in, and further in. Forget the milk. There's some more meatier stuff out there down the line waiting for you. More because God's greater son chose to look upon you and me and accept us into his family. Shall we pray? I want you to imagine that you're standing on a on a seashore. And you're looking out to sea. And as you look towards the horizon, you can see land. And you know that place is the place you need to go. Because of what's there. Because of what God has offered to you. It's right out there now. And you need to get there.
and you're saying to yourself as you look around, because you're on your own, how am I going to get across there? And then Jesus comes up alongside of you and he says, don't worry about that. Just take my hand. Hold on to me. Trust me and I'll get you there. I will get you there. So Father, we just thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you for a greater son. We thank you for a royal priesthood. We thank you for the potential that you've placed in each one of us. And I just pray that we will all respond this morning in those words which say, Come further in. Amen.